0: We're all living in a world gone geek. It's time to geek hard or go home. The website is fake, but the podcast is real. Here's your host, Grounded Geek.
1: Hello, and welcome to World Gun Geek's official podcast. World Gun Geek, a podcast network disguised as a pop culture parody satire site. That's right. The website is fake, but the podcast is real. I'm your host. Jeff, a.k.a. Grounded Geek, and I am so glad you came to geek out with us for a little while. We've got some interesting stuff to talk about tonight, but first, let me introduce the illustrious panel gun geek, First up, one of my oldest friends, we've not been friends all that long, he's just old. Uh God, I'm kidding, kidding, seriously. Hey. We go way back, but please welcome YouTube ukuleleist from Utah and the Uke, Utah Shoe. Try Greetings, saying that five times fast.
2: Yeah, try saying that five times <laughs> fast. Greetings, programs, thanks hey. for having me, Jeff.
1: How's your How's your quarantine been, Utah? Uh,
2: I think it's been like everybody else's, pretty quarantine-y. Yeah, um, so what yes, have you been binging?
1: Yes. Anything? Anything you wanna share with us?
2: So I found myself binging uh, the Mandalorian again, mm. uh, most, mostly because Disney is releasing the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yes. yes. And so every time they mention something in the behind-the-scenes, I'm like, "Oh, I remember that what they're talking about," and I go back and watch the series again. Battlestar Galactica on Sci-Fi because they recently did a re- cast reunion reading, and so they did a marathon. Of the original Battlestar or Galactica. the new
1: one? The, the new one. Okay, the, gotcha. The,
2: the one, the younger one. Yep. Yep. Um, and then after that, I don't know. It's it's just been kind of a mix. I I have to admit, I did watch um, Joe Exotic. Um, <laughs> and I kind of feel a little dirty about that. No,
1: that I did too. It was it's kind of like a train wreck. You can't look away. It's very
2: and you can't look away. Oh, and the right. Clone Wars, because it was the final season. There you go. No
1: Absolutely. All right. And our other guest host this week on the panel from the podcast Blurred's Eye View currently on Anchor and wherever you cast pods. Please welcome Chris G in the house. Welcome.
0: How you doing, Jeff?
1: I'm good. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I wanted I'm um, same question. What are you binging during the quarantine?
0: Uh, actually, I, I am watching Clone Wars. I have nice. watched the behind the scenes for The Mandalorian and a show that they actually had a movie for that my wife just told me about, uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh yeah. yeah. Did, the Which interactive one. Yes. Oh yes, my gosh. Fun.
1: It's so funny. You have to watch it like <laughs> several times to get all the endings. Get all the exactly. endings. It's
0: so watching, funny. Watching Titus eat dirt is hilarious.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a great, that's a great recommendation. If you haven't watched Kimmy Schmidt yet, that's definitely a good one. And there's a new interactive episode on Netflix. My binge, my binge this quarantine has been supernatural. It was a show that oh, I, oh, yeah. I never really, I, I watched tor- towards the beginning and then just, not I did. I liked it, but it just, you know, there's so many shows and uh, and we just we just couldn't stay with it. So
0: this time uh, I Winchester, am on
1: season 10, uh, episode 19, I think. Now. Nice. So and that's Brothers all been awesome. during the quarantine. Oh, I love
0: that show. I love that. <laughs> show. Yeah. I'm having fun
1: with it. It's very interesting. I, I, I wish I had a nickel for every time an episode or, or they went to commercial with this. And one of <laughs> one of the brothers looking off into the distance concernedly. That's it's like every That's episode, kind of every commercial yeah, break. It it's like it's you know that that ending. But anyway, they're, no, it's they're, it's they're been
0: a lot of fun their meta episodes are quite hilarious those are the best yes those are the best
1: i just finished the fan fiction one the one with the (laughs) musical yeah (laughs) and the single man (laughs) tears so great gosh (laughs) that was so great and that that cover of carry on my wayward son at the end was hauntingly beautiful actually Uh, i don't know know, why but i was actually moved by that (laughs) it was really cool all right so yeah i'm really enjoying that show um but no it's really great to have you guys here on our inaugural episode or relaunch if you will of our podcast it's really it's time we get down to business i think with our first segment
0: this week in geek
1: where we scrape through all the pop culture news of the past week we curate it down to a few things of import the top five things you should know
2: number one
1: batwoman just finished its freshman season on the cw even had to truncate it a bit due to the coronavirus thing and it's already been renewed for a second season good news for fans of that show but Bad news, it's going to have to do so without its lead star, Ruby Rose, who has announced that she will be relinquishing the cowl and cape. There don't appear to be any hard feelings between her and producers, and she doesn't give a specific reason for leaving, but back in September, she actually went through emergency surgery due to injuries sustained during stunts that even posed paralysis risk, which is crazy. So apparently, mm-hmm. she's had spinal issues before, even as far back as January of last year. So if that's true and she has recurring problems, it's it's no wonder she's leaving Gotham behind. That probably has something to do with it. But... It does leave the show in an unusual situation. Casting a new lead, literally, as you go into your sophomore season, a show that's found success in its first season. It's certainly, this is a tough thing to do. So farewell to Ruby, obviously hoping the best for her. But what do you guys think about this second season recast in an industry, keep in mind, where some fans are triggered whenever any kind of change occurs to something <laughs> that they <laughs> yeah, that they true. love? Does this spell doom for the show or will a new face bring new viewers? What do you guys think? Uh, we'll start with um, Utah. What do you think?
2: Uh, You know, I I don't know. I I, I will say that I I only watched a couple episodes, and of all of the uh, CW Arrowverse uh, group of shows, it certainly seemed compelling. I liked Ruby Rose as a casting uh, for that. Uh, Didn't like the red wig that she had to wear, but that's a a different issue. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't know how rabid of a fan base this show has. Um, It is interesting that we're here coming into season two with having to recast it and they the showrunners did say that they are going to recast with um an lgbtq person they were specifically looking for someone to actually represent the character like ruby rose did which i find um uh, very interesting i think that that might make their their search a bit more difficult i did see that um the woman from Brooklyn Nine Nine <laughs> is starting to campaign for the role, which I think is cool. I think she could do the part. Um, I, I don't know. I think she
1: know. said think, she, she she already colored her hair red last week. She said, "Right." I She
2: she coincidentally dyed her hair red. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know how how big a success the show was, relatively speaking. I do think it's an interesting twist. Um, I think the timing works out because it's better to have to recast something or someone um, during the break uh, in between seasons. Um, will they, uh, how does that affect the writing? Have they written shows for season two that are kind of specific to Ruby Rose and they're going to have to rewrite some stuff? Is it going to be um, sort of like what they did with Doctor Who, where I feel like Peter Capaldi kind of got the short end of the stick because he was doing shows that were written for a different actor? Mm. Um
1: I don't
2: know. Uh, yeah. it'll be, I'll, I'll be curious to see how it goes. I'm willing to watch it, whatever happens.
0: Chris, do you watch Batwoman? Have you seen that show? I do. I watch all the CW Arrowverse show. Um, cool. This particular one, I'm still playing catch up on because of class, obviously. But um, I didn't have a problem with Ruby Rose herself i think it was and i read the same thing i read i uh, read the same article uh you know the back issues and everything else and and it's probably affecting her and probably the long hours as well when you record it when you do a show like that um on, when you're on set for hours on end so um reading about what's, what's her name stephanie Beatriz from yes. Night*. yeah I, I would i would like to see what she brings to the table and like you said Utah, it's very early on it's their freshman season so they can kind of they can actually get away with making some changes similar to what uh Supergirl did when it started on CBS and then after the first season it was switched over to CW. Right. So you know they were able to make some adjustments there. So I uh, it's it's good to see that they can still make that plus they have this corona break as as it's being known now. And they can make those adjustments and make whatever cash changes they need to and it probably wouldn't affect it as much and their ratings their ratings are bad for a network show i think it's like at half a million or something like that or that's not bad at all for a cw yeah you know so that's kind of like typical so yeah. you know they're not you know especially since they were green-lighted for a season two so it can't be that bad you know so yeah that you know i like to see what what they, if stephanie gets the, the position I like to see what she brings to the table.
1: I personally have not seen the show. I'm so behind on my on my CW shows. Like, well, you see, see, I'm watching Supernatural finally now. Yeah. Um, I think I'm I'm still on uh, still pre Flash episodes of Arrow. So that's how far back I have oh, fallen wow. on CW. Exactly. Um, You've got a
2: few crossovers. You're gonna have to. Yeah, catch up there's on. a lot oh, yeah. to catch up on. So
1: <laughs> I am not there yet. Um, but I thought that was interesting news, especially uh, in this type of. Uh, Industry and a fan industry where people do get a little, little frustrated when, when things change or aren't like they expect. Uh, or aren't like the comic or aren't like you know whatever but
0: I, I hope it's not like the uh, uh, Vivian Banks or Harry Winslow <laughs> situation where they changed the mother they changed the mother the last couple it's seasons strange. Like, it's yeah. it's That's, a weird yeah. thing
1: but hey you know what it didn't kill those shows at all so <laughs> no, i mean it, it just those shows th- th- thrive but also those weren't the the featured main they weren't uh, the focus yeah. lead either right. so this is going to be interesting to see what happens all right
0: Number two.
1: So when Disney Plus first launched, one of the first things I wondered, I'm sure I'm not the only one, was whether amongst all the potential original programming Disney could produce for the streaming network was a revival of The Muppet Show in the cards. That's what I had been hoping for. Well, last year they did tease it a bit, and now officially this past week, Disney went so far as to give details and a date that the Muppets are coming back. That's right, Muppets now will premiere July 31st, which is not now, that does not make me happy, I'm kidding, no, July 31st is <laughs> coming, Misleading. That's soon, that's <laughs> soon, and according to the synopsis, it appears to follow hapless Scooter as he tries to get streaming episodes ready to stream by a looming deadline, of course, antics and Muppet madness aplenty ensues. So it isn't the traditional show, but it does seem to be adhering to the theme of a show within a show, right? A a show about a show that that's always been. So that's kind of fun. Each television revival has mimicked that same kind of structure. So this could be fun. They've left the the theater stage behind for television and now they're leaving the television behind for streaming. So it's just their Muppets are moving along with the time. It's very interesting to see that. I, for one, I'm stoked for this. I can't wait. Their last foray on television was a mixed bag that changed direction now for the better. After a rough start, but it got better in that second half. After yeah, they kind yeah. of regrouped, and just when it started to right the ship, that's when they canceled it. Typical. Uh, but the Muppets <laughs> are back. This is the that's the real news now. Muppets are back. It's time to start the music,
0: Utah. It's time to light the lights. Chris, Chris, thoughts. Actually, I'm in, I'm in looking forward to this. Uh, I, all I can say is, poor Scooter. They <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he always teaches right? You think it's Kermit who has to worry about everything. It's Scooter they gotta take the back end too. Yep. yep. So yeah, it's I'm waiting for it. It's it, this is something I've I've watched every version that they've had. And like you said, like that last incarnation he had for uh ABC, it was like they it was they were trying to find their footing, and when, right when they found it, the rug was yanked right out of them, so underneath them. So but it's found its home. It's they're going somewhere special. So let's th- let's see where the lights go at this time. <laughs> I
1: know it's gonna be great. Utah, what do you think?
2: I, I agree with you guys. I'm really excited about it. I've always been a fan of the Muppets, um, and like you said, it, it's funny how they they're carrying the same theme, where it's the a show about a show. And I like that they're kind of going along with 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 the trends and going from the theater to a television show uh, to now a streaming show. I'm curious to see if it's going to be as the one thing about the ABC show was that it was much more of a like a reality show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was much more like Muppets in real life, so it wasn't all you know fun, happy-go-lucky, slapsticky, lots of you know funny antics and stuff. Um, and so I'm curious to see if they go and take the needle towards that spectrum a bit more since they tried the other way and didn't necessarily fail but weren't allowed to succeed you know what i mean Mm. but i'm excited i can't wait for it to pop up you know disney plus has got me um for uh forever and this is just (laughs) this is just adding to the you know the reasons to have it so
1: it did i mean they they hooked me with with star wars with the mandalorian they um They've hooked me with the tease of eventually. I guess we're going to see Marvel TV shows. We'll we'll get there eventually. Oh, that's, right. That's right. awesome. Oh, and now man. the Muppets. Yeah. They so far they they've got my money. So
2: they've got my firstborn child. And <laughs> <they hit it>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number three. Anyone
1: who knows me personally knows that one of my all-time favorite film comedies is Bill and Ted. Right. What? Anyone, anyone who went to <laughs> high school with me or was in college. Heard me quote it ad nauseum. I have the first film memorized word for word, basically. My family won't even watch it with me anymore. <laughs> so now hear that nearly 30 years later after the, the sequel, we're finally getting a final installment. That is totally non-heinous, dude. Seriously, I am so stoked for this. I had to include it in the news here. It may not be the biggest news, but it's huge to me. This is a personally noteworthy news item, so you'll have to forgive me. Anyway, it was scheduled to be released in August, but now with everything going on, What is the future of Bill and Ted Face the Music? Bill S. Preston Esquire himself, Alex Winter, tweeted this, and I quote, "'Everything is great in BT3 land. The cut is almost done and looks fantastic.'" Teasers and trailers, oh, goosebumps, are ready to go. I'm so, I want to see these so bad. Like every movie slated, that's not, that was me interjecting. That wasn't still Alex Winter, (laughs) by the way. Okay, back to the quote. Like every movie slated for this summer, we had to stop and reorganize due to COVID. Teaser coming in a few weeks. Yes. News on release soon. All right, so that's end quote. With the release date in August and things are starting to open up back around the country, of course, there's a possibility we could see it on theaters then. Uh, But things are very much up in the air, I think. Right. And if if the news on release is coming soon, and that's what he said, a news on the release is coming soon, then that leads me to believe that they know something. Right. They have something to announce. So that means either they're pushing the release back because they know it or they are uh, releasing to VOD, which a lot of people are predicting is going to happen with it because it's not one of their tentpole films that are coming out during the summer. So I'd be dis- disappointed not to see my heroes return to the big screen in a big way, but I-, I can't say I would be totally excited about seeing it sooner rather than later. So, uh, Chris, we'll go to you first. What do you think? Did you see Bill and Ted back in the I day? I love
0: Bill and Ted. Okay. I love Bill and Ted. This is what I think. I, I I've quoted this quite a few times. This is the season of the Keanu since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, it's breathtaking he's coming back it, it is right? it is He's uh, seeing him so you know what i would be remiss if they didn't do like a meta thing while traveling
1: <laughs> That would And be funny. In one
0: of those realities you see john wick oh my goodness. <laughs> that i'm like if they nailed that one Whoa, i'm like oh they just that's angry ted <laughs> <laughs>
1: ted why are you so angry
0: <laughs> but I I would love to see that but I can't you know I would love to see that I was waiting to see this in the films in the movie theaters video on demand I'll take that you yeah. know but uh, just knowing that they were able to go back and bring this back up and, and it's just you're looking at it like that's the reboot I was waiting for. Oh, I no. Didn't know. No, I was waiting no, for. No, it's that. not a reboot. This is actually a sequel. It's a sequel. Yeah. yeah. The sequel. yeah it it is, is a true sequel. Yeah. This yeah is amazing. It was the sequel I didn't know I needed. It, oh, yeah. and Here it is. I've been waiting 30 <laughs> so, years for this. This is I'm is. So, so excited. I am I'm, I'm excited. I I'm really looking forward I wondered how it would look especially especially after Keanu Reeves has had this major run. Right. And I didn't think he would do it. Yeah, I I was like, really, and they were like, oh, he's down, they like they showed him no beard and no mustache, and I'm like, he actually <laughs> yeah. did it. Yes, you know? yeah,
2: it's most excellent news. <laughs> yes. I, there's nothing, there's nothing heinous about it at all, and you know, it, it's um, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff knows. I'm a huge fan of Bill and Ted. Um, in fact, for for my high school yearbook, uh, our principal, his name was Bill. And Well, our principal's name was Ted, and our vice principal's name was Bill. And so I made sure that we we mocked up a parody um, movie poster as a quarter-page ad in our yearbook with them as Bill and Ted, <laughs> because they were Bill and Ted for our high school. That's great. Um, and anyways, uh, it, it speaks volumes um, that Keanu Reeves, as big of a star as, as he's become, wanted to come back and revisit yes. this role. And, and this franchise, because he didn't have to do it.
1: No. I mean, exactly. he,
2: he, you know, he can make 10 John Wicks, and I'll go see that. Sure. Yeah. But- the fact that he went back and said, "You know what? Yes, I definitely want to revisit Ted. This is a great story. They must have a great story." Right. The yeah. fact that you know they're middle aged and now they have to face the music, which I love. I love the title. They're bringing back death, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> oh God, that's um, beautiful. As long
1: as they don't bring it back. <laughs> station, station was a little.
2: Okay. Yeah, yes. A little right. out there yeah. for me.
1: Even even for me. Even for me, as big a fan <laughs> as I was, I, I kind of got a little. I'm like, what in the world is this? What
2: in the world? Yes. But but I'm super excited. And, and, you know, I read somewhere that they actually had the film in the can, so to speak, before everyone had to take this break. So the film's done. It's just a matter of editing. Um, and maybe some post production, and so I am very excited now. Whether it's released in the theaters or goes straight to the streaming, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to watch it on the biggest screen I can, whether it's at the local theater or you know it's over at my friend's house who projects stuff on his garage door. I don't know. Nice. Um, but I'm absolutely excited to see it now. I know that you know the fall becomes really jam packed in terms of tent tent pull releases because a lot of summer blockbusters have been delayed to the fall now Mm -hmm. and so i can see them trying to decide if they're just better off and will make more money doing what universal did with the troll sequel Mm -hmm. Um, because of you know i mean we've got a james bond movie that's coming we've got black widow that's coming just to name two big ones off the top of my head and those are tough to compete with especially when you've got what's relatively a small independent film and building ted 3 so but i'm excited i'm stoked can't wait
1: Cool. Ah, uh, me too. I'm so I'm so excited. This is great. And I, I gotta admit that I really would prefer to see it in the theater. I just I want it to get that kind of attention. Get that,
2: yeah, um, sure.
1: And I don't think it. I don't. I, I think Universal had kind of a lightning in a bottle with Trolls. I don't think that's something that you can repeat with every movie that comes out. I think at the fact that it was a children's movie, um, went, helped a lot. went a long yeah. way towards that being the thing. Families wanting yeah. to entertain their children. I mean, we, I. I have n- no interest in the Trolls movie. In fact, the only reason uh, we ended up renting it, um, we did the rental of it, like, um, and that was because my my daughters are big fans, and I, I'm a fan of them too. Is the uh, the, McElroy no, uh, the McElroy brothers? No, the McElroy brothers from my brother, my brother and me uh, podcast on the oh, Adventure Zone. Yes, they do yeah, a bunch yeah. of voices in it, and so. Oh. Um, and, and I'm a fan of those guys too, cause they're from my hometown. And, um, I, I used to listen to their dad on the radio back in the oh, day wow. on KFM FM and uh, he's on their show too. And so there's some nostalgia there. And so I love listening to those guys. And when I, we found out their voices in there, so we watched it for that reason. But man, is you, I think, I think. I don't know what they were on when they made that movie, but I think you're supposed to be on that when you watch it as well. And we didn't, we weren't, um, we watched it quite clean and sober. So maybe that was part of the problem. Um, but it's, it's a trippy movie, man. Um, but it was, the first one was trippy. It was entertaining, but I think that's, I just got off on a tangent, but I think, I think the fact that that was a family movie really, really. and, And parents are like, just itching for something for their kids to do. Absolutely, And yeah, I absolutely, don't, yep. and that's why I don't, and you don't hear, you didn't see in the news. Oh, look how well bloodshot did or invisible man, or, you know, nobody's talking right. about those films because they didn't do that. Well,
2: they didn't do that. well. Um,
1: exactly. um, exactly. I mean, they, pr- I mean, I don't know, I don't know how well they did, so I don't want to say that, but they're, they're not, it's not newsworthy enough to talk about. So I don't, I don't want to see that happen to Bill and Ted. I feel like there's enough of a, of a fan base out there that, that will, will warrant a theatrical release. So I'm hoping even though I want to see it right now, if they pushed it out a little bit, made it a Christmas release, I'd be okay with that.
2: (laughs) I'm growing. I'm not cutting my hair until I see the movie because I'm going to cosplay Ted Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, uh, (laughs) Roosevelt. That (laughs) is.
1: Oh, man. Okay. Then I guess that means I got to be Bill when we go see it. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Cool. All right. Moving on.
0: Number four.
1: All right. Star Trek Picard aired to pretty much wide praise on CBS All Access, the streamer's new Star Trek show since they launched with Discovery, and the first one to star some of the series' most iconic characters actually played by their original actors. So that was huge. But now it looks like CBS has realized that their paid on-demand service has found a formula that worked. Keep making Star Trek shows. That's that's the formula. <laughs> in the second season of Discovery, we finally got to see Captain Christopher Pike, Captain that predated Captain Kirk. Anson Mount played him so well in his episodes, along with Rebecca Romaine as Number One, were some of the fans' favorite episodes, and immediate cries for more Pike came from fans following those arcs. Well. CBS heard, and they're granting fans their wishes with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. The show is purported to follow the adventures of Captain Pike, Spock, and Number One as they explore strange new worlds and seek out new life and new civilizations. I, for one, am very excited to see them boldly go. Utah, I know you are as well, please.
2: I am absolutely excited about this. with the introduction of the USS Enterprise and Pike and Spock and number one, they, in my opinion, were the best parts of season two of Discovery. I cared more, I found myself caring more about what was going on with the Enterprise and them than I was about Michael Burnham and the other uh, main characters in Discovery because I don't know, whatever reason, for whatever reason, they hit a nerve with me. It was very nostalgic, the relationship between the three of them, uh, the chemistry. Between the three of them was, was great. And Anson Mount has made Captain Pike uh, one of my favorite captains in, in the Star Trek universe because his, his portrayal of Captain Pike was great. Was and and then they had that little one of my favorite. I, I don't know if it was a, a short one of the Star Trek Discovery shorts where Spock and number one are trapped in the turbo lift. I don't think that was part of the main series. I think that was one of the shorts they mm-hmm. released later.
1: And I haven't watched those yet, so
2: they're, I think they're called short tracks. Don't spoil but, it.
1: No, I'm kidding. Go oh, ahead. sorry. No, it's been I should have watched it by now, <laughs> but it's too late for me.
2: Um, it was uh. It's just so great to see those actors work so well together. And I'm absolutely excited about this. I'm hoping that the title Strange New Worlds means that this is going to be more of the episodic kind of Star Trek show where yeah. you have each show is its own contained story versus you know one of those long story arcs that goes across a whole season. Um, just because I think the Star Trek adventures uh, are very episodic in nature anyway. And to see them kind of start somewhere and then have a great, great closure conclusion at the end of the show is would be welcome because the Star Trek shows haven't done that in a while.
1: Now, Chris, I know you and I talked about this a little bit. That you're more of a more of a Star Wars guy. Not uh, not that there's anything wrong with Star Trek, but that's not been your your main focus. But you're, you're starting to get into it. Is that what you?
0: Yeah, it's not my wheelhouse, but I but, but all the originals like the uh, Janeway Deep Space Nine and Discovery. I've watched pieces of those, and and I read an article where Simon Pegg actually said that it works better as a show, and it does. Ah, yeah. I, you know, I've seen some of the movies, and I'm just one of those ones that when you have a long arc of a storyline, it just works better in an episodic feel because when you do a movie, it's it's you're rushing it, you're rushing, and sometimes you don't really get a completion. Uh, you're changing directors, you know, the story doesn't mold as well. So, when it comes to like these types of shows where they're more episodic, and like you said, Utah, you it centers around the captain and it does. And I've seen that formula on all the previous Star Trek shows where it centers around the captain and that supporting cast, which is the best formula to use. You know, you have that one person who's kind of the lead, and there's these sidebar situations going on, but it still kind of comes together for that, for the the better whole. So, yeah, I like it. I like that. I like that whole idea.
1: Yeah. And I, I read that same article with Simon Pegg. I thought that was interesting, too. I mean, he's been he wrote the last one and mm-hmm. um and to, to yeah. be honest I actually loved the last one I actually thought that was the most star Trek-y of all of them the new of the new films uh mm-hmm. I, I felt like that was that felt most Star Trek to me yeah. for some reason and uh even though it was you know goof you know it was motorcycle chase scene <laughs> I mean some of, some of it was a little out there but I mean just something about it I think the the way the ensemble worked together but um you know, they've been having a real hard time getting the movies back together and he even said with with the loss of uh
0: Oh, Anton, Anton Yelchin, Anton Yelchin, Yelchin. Yeah.
1: as Chekhov that Tragic. it's like, it's like part of your family. And it's like, can we keep doing this without that part of the family? And, um, so I think that's part of what's kind of keeping them from moving on. And, and then, yeah, he said, he says maybe, that maybe this is a sign. Maybe it's, you know, maybe television is where Star Trek belongs. And, um, right. And and I don't know that I disagree. So, uh, or at least, I, I mean, I did enjoy the original movies that came out, but even those started getting old, you know. Um, and only every even number only of film even works uh, works well, which is only so the weird, even isn't ones it? Are good. That's a that's a true statement. That's a weird true no, it, it's, thing.
2: It, it's absolutely objective, but, totally uh, objective, and, and, and
1: it's so strange. But anyway, um, yeah, so very exciting to see new, uh, a new start. And they announced actually a second show as well is coming, but they didn't right. give us any details on that one. But really, CBS right now, I mean, they may as well just become the Star Trek network because uh, I was not a huge fan of the new Twilight Zone. It was just okay. Um, yeah. Season two. I haven't heard a lot
0: of noise about that one. Yeah. Really season two. I really
1: Season two, I'm, um, you know, I'll watch it. We'll see if it's good. I mean, I, I love, I think Jordan Peele's a genius, but he's. Um, not necessarily the one making these, right? He's producing and, and overseeing it, but it, yeah, it just didn't, the first season just didn't do it for me at all. Uh, <laughs> I think that Star Trek or uh, CBS needs to capitalize on Star Trek. It is clearly Absolutely. their their flagship show. It's the reason a lot of people have CBS All Access is just to watch Star Trek. Um, it's the reason I got the first seven day trial. So, um, (laughs) and now I have it, uh, you know, again, when Picard came out. So I think this is, this is the right way for them to go.
0: Number five,
1: the biggest story in pop culture geek news last week was the confirmation of the long rumored and hinted at elusive Snyder cut of Warner brothers and DC's justice league film. As you may remember, the film was in production when Snyder had to step aside due to a family tragedy and Avengers director, Joss Whedon was brought in to finish the film. The film, since that time, has divided fans, seemingly the majority not liking it, and thus began the fan community wondering and speculating, because that's what they do, about what Snyder <laughs> would have done had he finished it himself. Well, now they have officially confirmed that WB will be spending, reports say, anywhere from 20 to $30 million oh, to allow Snyder to basically finish the film, and it will premiere on the new HBO Max streaming service. Now, just how that comes about still uncertain. Snyder has said that he estimates the original film is only about a fourth of what he filmed, which is which is funny because he says he's never seen the original one, uh, so I don't know how he knows that. He says he's quick to then say it's because people have told him uh, what was in the other one. He claims to have never seen the Joss Whedon. I don't ima- I can't imagine why that would be the case Uh, but it
0: doesn't make sense but maybe maybe
1: he didn't i don't know anyway but um he's saying it's likely to be more than four hours long and may even be released in six episodes instead of a film so more to come on that still in flux but the real news gentlemen is that the speculation is over and and god help us the hashtag is finally over (laughs) snyder (laughs) cut is real and it's coming uh chris your thoughts I am one of the ones
0: who had great hopes for this Justice League movie when it first was released. Uh, It was the return of Bat- Ben Affleck, who redeemed himself in my eyes <laughs> as being Batman. He, he was actually pretty good. And and there had been rumor, or you know, as most films, there's always more film to edit that's on the cutting room floor. You know, I've heard this too. I heard this as well about Justice League having like at least four hours of footage. And there's a mention of Darkseid. There's a mention of uh, 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 Martian Manhunter even showing up who was played by the general who was in man of steel and uh justice league and even even in movie theaters and i've seen it twice because i you know i see every film more than once in a movie theater and even the scene they show where it was the amazons the atlanteans the humans and just various gods and everything else and they show a green lantern I was like, I want more of that scene. And they didn't show anything. And I'm like, there's got to be more to it, you know? So hearing that this is finally going to HBO Max and we're getting a Snyder cut that even Jason Momoa, kind of (laughs) said way back that this thing existed. I want to see what that is. You know, there was so many conflicting reports of, oh, Superman's not in the black outfit. But then there's a clip that shows the black outfit like encased in ice. And then you're just like, well, somebody's not telling the truth here. And, you know, who knows what? And I'm just waiting to see what they do with it and to try to, try to finish it and release that. There's talks of will this be the reemergence of the DCU? You know, who knows? Because as of late, beyond Wonder Woman, Aquaman and Shazam, they've kind of been dropping the ball- balls here, you know, and they just can't seem to catch their footing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said it when they first started Man of Steel, to my to my opinion, Man of Steel was actually really good. Uh, Batman versus Superman should have just been that. It shouldn't have been the introduction of the Justice League. It was shoehorned in. It's uh it, w- it was Toby Maguire Spider-Man 3 all over again. Mm. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Uh so seeing the film and then watching it on cable, it gives me, you know, looking at it a different in a different light, saying that uh man, their CGI was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like it was like Ryan Reynolds. Green Lantern, bad. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you come too. And that was ten years prior. Sure, you've come too long to use to have cyborg look like that. That was just really or Steppenwolf, or oh, oh God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, that so final battle was basically a video video game cutscene. I mean, I've seen yes. better. Yeah. I've seen better yeah, CGI yeah, yes. and video game cutscenes. That was like PlayStation Two. Um, <laughs> all right, that's an exaggeration, but. You tell what, it, okay, what do you three. think?
2: What do you think? Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I, uh, I agree with a lot of, of what Chris has said. I, I do think, uh, Ben Affleck got, um, a bad rap. I thought his Batman was pretty good. Um, I thought Man of Steel was better than I think what a lot of people thought. Um, I wanted justice league to be good. I'm a huge Marvel fanboy. I have been since I was a kid, but you know, DC success means more success for comic book movies in general. Exactly. which means Marvel has to up their game, which means better Marvel movies, which means who knows what other comic book movies will come out, but the, you know, success for everybody in the comic book superhero movie genre is good for, for us fans. Right. Um, so I wanted justice league to succeed. I was very disappointed with justice league. Um, and the news that Zack Snyder has got a whole other movies worth <laughs> of footage that he didn't use that that wasn't used. Like, what is what is he filming? Like how? What directors have another two two and a half three hours worth of stuff that they've filmed that they either didn't plan on using or wasn't used? So that kind of boggles my mind. For me, Zack Snyder is kind of a, an interesting conundrum because there are some things that I like that he's done. I thought Three Hundred was was fantastic. I thought Watchmen was fantastic. I thought. Um, um what's that one was it super punch sucker punch sucker punch yeah sucker punch i thought that was horrible
0: but (laughs) visually beautiful though
2: but yes and that's the thing for me for Zack snyder is great at at you know taking comic book panel type or scenes or, or or you know just little snippets and making an incredible looking picture but in terms of making a whole film it that's where i feel like his skills start kind of falling off um, and that's what I felt like with Justice League, um, even with Joss Whedon coming in and, you know, playing around with stuff. But Batman versus Superman, could have, I thought, could have been a lot better. Um, there are a, a lot of parts that I just thought looked really good, but as a whole, I just couldn't suspend my, my disbelief enough. So uh, am I excited? I wouldn't say I'm excited. Am I going to watch it? However, it comes out whether it becomes a Lord of the Rings type of movie or you know a six season episode, a six six episode season on HBO Max. Um, I don't know, but I'm I'm curious to see it. But I'm not expecting it to be some kind of revelation of oh, this is what Justice League should have been, and the and DC the DC cinematic universe is gonna come back. And now let's make all these interconnected <laughs> movies. Now, I think DC's gone too far forward with what they're doing now with joker wonder woman shazam aquaman to to come back to it um so not excited but i'll watch it
1: yeah that's that's kind of where i feel too i i I, I personally uh I'm with I'm with both of you guys. I actually enjoyed Man of Steel. I actually enjoyed the part everyone hates, which is at the end when he kills Zod. Everyone said that's yeah. not Superman. I'm like, but well, but why that, that's not? That's the point of the movie? I'm like, yeah, yeah to me, that's I've what always made him. I've, one of the reasons I've never been a fan of Superman was that he's just the boy scout. Like there's nothing compelling about him
2: as a character. He's very one note.
1: Yeah, now yeah. now if I know that he Went so far as to kill this guy on his first major outing as a superhero, and 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 that it had an effect on him that made him into the Boy Scout that he became, and that but that turned the world for for a moment, and especially Batman, against him. That's a that's perfect, right? Like he can take that moment yeah. and become the Boy Scout now. To me, Absolutely. for him to just be the Boy Scout, you know, I know Ken, Clark, uh, Pa Kent taught him all this great stuff and was a great father and blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, come on, Superman's gotta have some sort of compelling character na- nature or some sort of flaw that he's fighting. And for me now, that's, I am so powerful that I can kill this ultra powerful bad guy then i need to be careful like i need that i have to control that part of me because i don't want to be that guy and to me that gives him a compelling More point depth. so i yeah. thought man of steel i liked it for that reason and then i it's, think it's, introducing it's doomsday yeah yeah Introducing Doomsday this early, I think was, was, was a mistake, a mistake because that was something that we should have built up to. And then, yeah, like you said, turning it into the Justice League right away, basically trying to start with an Avengers film, I think was, was kind of a mess. But, um, but, uh, that being said, um, I actually didn't hate Justice League as much as I hated Batman versus Superman. Um, I, I, which is, yeah, I really didn't. I, but, you know, I already said what I didn't like about it, right? The CGI is terrible. Um, it's a cartoon, basically, for the last half of the movie. Um, and uh, I felt like, again, they wasted Superman. They they wasted, uh, all the characters really were kind of wasted. And the CGI was was not great. So I'm very interested in this. Um, again, more than anything, I'm just glad that this, this whole rumor and hashtag hashtag and all this stuff is just finally over and we've got it and it's like let's see what it is and it'll either be great or it'll suck and everyone can can find but at least everyone can finally get a get a a consensus on it and be done with it so yeah i'm looking I, i
0: will say i will say that the standout points in justice league for me were uh aquaman's surfboarding (laughs) <laughs> one of the, for some reason that stands out to me it was so um, bad
1: though the cgi it was, was it was, it, it, was, was so just, bad. it was legolas sliding down the elephant's <laughs> yes, trunk back. yes
0: that's what it was that's yes. how bad it was how both of those it are was. bad so exactly it was like it was i wasn't expecting that. but, <laughs> but it was that, funny it was a good one yeah, it was it was funny that was funny and then the scene where they bring clark back and he's facing off with everybody and batman gets kind of like the worst of it, you, mm. you know he's like uh oh, bleeding a little bit you know yes. it was just like okay you made a joke batman which is not my batman i think of but that's okay and then when you finally hear cyborg say booyah yes that was good which that i was like that oh was kind of fun it. okay they gave me that that was so fun. you
2: know
0: right they had to put something in right I mean- yeah <laughs> all right good Meanwhile, talk wonder woman's the sidebar saying good lord i'm working with a bunch of kids <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it pretty yeah. much it. all
1: right that's five things you should know from last week we've still got a, uh, another conversation ahead including trying to make sense of what going to the movies might even look like post covid 19 stay with us we'll be back after this What am I talking about? This is our first episode. We don't have any sponsors, but if we if we did, this <laughs> is where we would go. Uh, we could have sponsors. If you're listening to this and you have a product or service that you think a bunch of geeks and pop culture nerds would benefit from, I'd love to tell folks about it, so drop me a line at jeff at worldgonegeek.com. Let's talk. But since there's no sponsors, let's just move on. What do you say, guys? So right. uh, our main topic uh, this week, something I think is, is uh, really, um, and we've kind of touched on it already a little bit, um, but, uh, I, I want to start with some interesting news from across the pond. So Shakespeare's globe theater, right? This is the theater Shakespeare actually did plays on back in the day and they restored it about 27 years ago and opened it yeah. back up to the public and started doing plays there again, which how cool would that be right to see a yeah, Shakespeare play yeah. at the globe yeah. theater? Yeah. Well, right now, um, they're possibly going to be closing for good again. And so, um, unless they can get over 5 million pounds, that's about $6 million to you and me. That's heavy. In government funding. <laughs> to stay open but here's the tick free live streams of their film productions have been doing quite well online which means folks want to see this stuff but will they be when when people are able to go back to the theaters will they go back once they're permitted again that's the question right and it's not just with this classic theater but with cinema as well even before covid amc was already working through bankruptcy and regal's parent company warned stockholders that a potential shutdown could make them default on loans. And Cinemark was only barely faring better than them through all of this. And now after releasing Trolls World Tour, we talked about it earlier, uh, Universal Pictures is thinking about using that model ongoing, which has AMC and Regal up in arms and vowing not to show Universal Pictures in theaters at all uh, if this actually happens. And that's even if they open up again at all. So, the question is, um, what do you guys think? This is, I mean, going to the movies is going to be a whole new ball game. If they opened up theaters, it, let's say uh, next month, and we're showing, let's say, Black Widow or Mulan or one of these big tent poles that was supposed to come out, uh, would you go to the theater?
2: That's a tough question. Um, in a month, I don't know. It it, it is really difficult. I think uh, because any any time you've got large numbers of people now in a, in a large in an enclosed space um you've got risks because we don't know everything uh going on with this virus and we're still learning stuff right so uh there may come a time say in a month where they come out and say hey we've done the research and it's not nearly as contagious as we thought and you know following these certain guidelines uh social distancing but maybe you don't need a mask this time um, then that, that could change things. Uh, I don't know. I, myself, probably wouldn't feel comfortable going into a movie theater for, for, for a while. I wouldn't say within a month, based on current knowledge. Um, and the fact that those large chains, uh, the large chain theaters were already on shaky ground financially mm-hmm. um, is really scary because every time I've gone to the, gone to the movie theaters, you know, I've always gone to the Cinemark, and they've always been packed with people and those people that are packed in there are paying, overpaying grossly for all the food and whatever else that's there. So it boggles my mind that they, that Cinemark would be on such shaky financial ground to be in so much debt when they're charging so much um, and there's so many uh, customers and they're being so successful. What I really feel bad for are the uh, the small independent theaters, you know, like uh, the Alamo in Texas or uh, the Cedar Lee here locally, where they're the ones that aren't getting the huge tentpole movies, um, but they're getting really great independent films or foreign films, um, and it's got to be even tougher for them because they're not getting the huge license, you know, they're not they're, they're not getting the, the huge movies and and, and the revenue. Um, now granted the big chain, big chains aren't getting the reverend they're getting the revenue, but they owe so much. They're not keeping it, but I don't know. It's, it's, I find it interesting that the theaters are, are in such dire straits. Um, I also find it interesting that I saw somewhere that Amazon and Netflix are both looking into buying theaters, if not change. Well, Netflix right. already owns a theater. Netflix already owns the Paris theater in, in Manhattan. So they already have a theater where they can release and show their stuff. Right. Um, If, if Amazon bought AMC, I don't know, that'd be weird. That'd be like a studio buying a theater chain. That's that's
1: exactly what it is. In fact, that's something that's, that's brand new. In fact, back in 1948, the studios uh, tried to do that. The big studios and the antitrust, they put together what are they called? um, The paramount decrees, which is uh, the department of justice and the antitrust. Put it together, broke it up. It would be like a monopoly, a studio owning the the theaters, meaning uh, Paramount would only show Paramount. Sony would only show Sony if you lived in a place where that didn't happen, you know. And so uh, these theaters, um, you know, being independent allows them to show whatever, right? And show any Mm -hmm. films that come out. And uh, last year, the Department of Justice, they nixed that. It's gone. This this been been around oh, since 1948, wow. and it's no longer a thing, which is why Netflix is able to do that, and which is why Amazon is now courting AMC. Um, it could, be, and now with again AMC in bankruptcy, I mean Bezos has enough money to buy whatever he wants. So if he wants AMC, he's got it, right? And the yes. only thing that would be standing in his way is a studio owning, you know, and so I, 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 either some sort of government, you know, uh, oversight will probably come in where you know, yes, you can own a, own it, but you have to be open to uh, at least. other student. I don't know, something will have to, I don't know what they'll do, but they'll figure something out. I I hope because yeah, it's going to be a whole different world when that happens. But um, the, the big thing I think is universal with the video on demand thinking, well, we're just going to start releasing movies, both in theater and on demand at the same time, Chris, what do you think about that? What what do you think um, is that going to change things? Obviously, AMC and Regal are like, that doesn't work for us because right now they have <laughs> agreements that where there's a there's a space of time. Right. So right, that right they of, get yeah, they right. have a window to make some money before people can watch it at home. Chris, what do you think? Uh, how do you think that's going to change the way we go to movies?
0: Well, see, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago on, on my podcast. And, you know, I said I, hopefully they were turnaround. Now, like Utah said, I wouldn't go to a movie theater within the next month with current knowledge being known right now. It's just too risky. But when you have like Universal, I'll take Universal for an example. You know, they're saying, hey, we'll go both ends. You know, at some point, some people were saying, well, they're just going to drop all their movies on demand. I'm like, I seriously doubt that the latest Fast and Furious franchise film is going to be on video on demand, not will people buy it, of course, but they want to make that big money. So they'll probably drop it in both formats. And I can see them doing that, but in a limited setting, you know, um, as far as the future of film, I don't think it's the end of theaters. It's definitely not the end of driving movie theaters. They may make a
1: resurgence, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're making. This will be their greatest moment to say, "Hey, we can show everything." And social distancing, we were already doing that, (laughs) right? You know, so right. So you know, like we're paying by the carload. You're showing two. You can see four movies at a time. You know, so you're fine. But driving theaters, I think they'll be okay. You know, they're already kind of repurposing them for other things anyway, on top of showing movies. Movies. So theaters is it's gonna be, I don't think it's the end. I think it's just gonna take a while for people to come come around. You know, I think by fall they might be okay, you know, depending on how everything goes. Um, I believe they'll be okay. Unless they end up like the beachgoers in Florida and California and decide to pile <laughs> yeah, in all at once. Do you <laughs>
1: think do you think we'll start to see drive in theaters reopen or some some of this unclaimed land or, or whatever some of these places where think where uh, I mean, look look at uh, um here locally over in Garfield Heights they got that whole shopping mm-hmm. center there where nothing's going on. You could build oh, a drive-in theater a, yeah, there. You can you imagine? Spot, right up be, there on the hill, spot. people yeah. are driving over the bridge. You could see the 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 screen. It'll be huge advertising. Do you think people? Do you think that's a thing that? I mean, is that is that something that's going to see a re- revival? Like we'll actually I actually see think people so. Building them, not not just that the, the yeah, old ones. Making them used. close,
0: making them a little closer. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think so. I think if they could get away with, you know, because you can know you only have that certain amount of time in every year during the seasons. Uh is like near the end of spring, going right into the summer, and then they rock those next three months out, you know, doing their films. I was I can see driving theater saying, Hey, we might have a way to build more movie theaters or right. drive-in movie theaters and have a more local because what well, we have the magic and blue sky uh that's there are kind of ways out you know and people yeah. and i think just i think they just started and i think like maybe a week or so ago like whatever they had they were sold out because it was so many people that mm. wanted to get out and yeah. still that have that experience i'm one of those people that like going to the movie i'm a film buff yep so going out and having that experience and and being there i can see people doing that because it's like hey we're getting out the house we're being so we're social we're practicing social distancing and it's actually you know affordable you know compared to the movie theater where they're you know and i like i said on my podcast you're you have a family of a five you're probably looking at spending close to 50 to 70 dollars on tickets alone that's true you know so we're not even talking the concession stand you know <laughs> well, there's, there's
1: no question we're entering a whole new world of going to the movies uh COVID has definitely changed uh it's going to change a lot of things in society going to movies is just just one aspect i think so we have a lot to get used to all right so thanks for that, that was a great conversation guys it's time now where we turn the show and attention on to some of our listeners
0: it's time for the ninety-second Geek Ram.
1: Obviously, we just started, so we don't have. Li- well, you're for listening. You're a listener, so thank you for listening. We appreciate. <laughs> that. I'm listening. But this is a t- thank you, Utah. I appreciate that. I'm glad that uh, since I invited you here, <laughs> that you're paying attention. I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, but this is a, a part of the show we call the 92nd Geek Rant. So uh, this is a part we want you, the listeners, to be a part of our show. We want to hear from you. You've heard us uh, pontificate for almost an hour now on all these things. We want to know what you're thinking. What's stuff that you're uh, has got you uh, up in arms or maybe something that you're really excited about that's happening or something that you want to share or you read something online, you want to rebut it. Uh, we want to give you a voice to do that. And you can do that by going to speakpipe.com slash World Gone Geek. You'll have 90 seconds to get out whatever's on your chest. Hopefully we'll use some of your recordings on the show. Now, hopefully we'll have a week to gather some more. So if you're out there and you're listening to this, uh, we want to hear from you. We want to feature you on the show. We want to hear, it's not, we just want to hear us talking all the time. Of course we'll hear you and then we'll keep talking because that's what we do. Um, but we do want to hear from you. I just want to make this as interactive as possible. So speakpipe.com slash World Geek. Leave your 90 second geek rant and you could be featured on a future episode of the podcast. And that's it for our show today, guys. I really wanna thank uh, Utah um, for, for being here today. Utah, who has a YouTube channel. You wanna tell us a little bit about it real quick as we wrap up here, just a quick brief?
2: Uh, sure, yeah, so it's Utah on the Uke. It's something that my family put together for me because uh, during the pandemic, uh, in order to keep my sanity, I've been doing a ukulele cover of a, of a song every day. And it just so happened that other people uh, find it entertaining for whatever reason. So, yeah, Utah and the Uke on YouTube, uh, Co Utah and all the other social media platforms, K O H Y U T A.
1: Very cool. And, Chris G, uh, thanks so much for being on the show. And again, you want to give a plug to your podcast, let people know where, where to find you and what you guys talk about?
0: Um, yeah, we have a my podcast is Blurred's Eye View. We talk about pop culture, comics, TV and film. Uh, you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you have a podcast to listen to. And you can ask, actually find us on YouTube as well and uh, Instagram and Facebook.
1: Awesome, awesome. And thanks again, guys. Really appreciate you guys being here with us tonight. This has been the very first episode of The Podcast is Real. Again, I am Jeff, AKA Grounded Geek, uh, make sure to check out our website www.worldgongeek.com. We're also on Facebook at uh, slash World Gun Geek and on Twitter at World Gun Geek, and basically just lots of World Gun Geek stuff. So uh, check us out on there. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great time and uh, geek hard or go home. The podcast is real is hosted by Jeffrey Ford and
2: produced by Jeffrey Ford. The podcast is real is a World Gone Geek production.